Welcome to the She Who Overcomes podcast. I'm Mandy B. Anderson, and a few years ago, I started a life and business coaching company with my bestie. I'm a wife, a business owner, a coach, a speaker, and the author of the book that inspired this podcast, She Who Overcomes, Rising Out of the Ashes of Your Circumstances. I'm also training to run my first half marathon. Oh, and did I mention I'm doing all of this while overcoming a life-threatening illness called cystic fibrosis? It's true. And hey, if I can rise up, so can you. Each week on this podcast, I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the skills you need to rise up as the successful overcomer you were designed to be. So grab your coffee and let's hang out. Welcome back to the She Who Overcomes podcast. We are kicking off episode seven with another chapter of my book. And you guys, I might actually take a break in an episode or two and have my bestie on so that we can kind of talk about some of these topics that we've been diving into before we finish reading the chapters of this book. So we'll see. But today's chapter is actually one of my favorite. It's called She is Wanted, and it's all about the courage to be authentic. And so I'm going to go ahead and get started. Let's spend some time together with our coffee, and I'm just going to read this to you and share with you some tips on how I learned to be authentic, how I found the courage to be my authentic self. And I'm sharing this with you in the hopes that you will find the courage to be authentic as well. Here we go. The purple wand slid through each strand of hair as the stylus combed it into my dark brown bangs. At the tender age of seven, my little heart was bursting with excitement over the fact that mom said it was okay to get this vibrant streak of color put in my hair. It was only temporary, of course. Within a few days, it would wash right out. But still, my heart was filled with pride And I felt so authentically me in that moment, purple hair and all. Several years later, I watched in admiration as an older friend in youth group daringly colored her own hair into a vibrant shade of maroon. She was so brave. The color represented her spunky personality so well. Part of me wished that I could find the courage to do that. Imagine me with a full head of maroon hair. By then, I had long forgotten about the days of purple bangs from my childhood. Somewhere along the way, I buried that part of me. Maybe it was the fact that we had moved a few times and I was now known as the new girl. Or maybe the labels that were placed on kids who were brave enough to express themselves rang so loudly in my head that I dared not to put myself in a position of having those labels attached to me, too. Whatever it was, a part of me was buried, and as the years went on, the distance between my authentic self and the woman in the mirror became as far away as the sun is from the earth. It's funny how something as simple as the color of your hair can be an indicator of whether or not you are living authentically as the woman God made you to be. It takes courage to be real. And many times we hide from it 
Because we feel like we won't be wanted if people know the real us. We fear that our realness won't be good enough. But what is good enough anyway? Who even determines that? Striving to be good enough was never part of God's plan for us. Often when we live with the desire of meeting everyone else's expectations of us, we miss the bigger purpose God has for us. I see right through your work. You have a reputation for vigor and zest, but you're dead, stone dead. Okay, believe it or not, that was not a line from a movie. Kind of sounds like it though, right? I mean, I can just imagine some hero saying these words in a stern voice with searing eyes that glare at the enemy. You're dead, stone dead. It would be awesome if this was a line from the next superhero action movie, but it's not. It's actually from the Bible. And there's some rich wisdom coming our way as we continue through this text. So let's read on. It says, up on your feet, take a deep breath. Maybe there's life in you yet, but I wouldn't know it by looking at your busy work. Nothing of God's work has been completed. Your condition is desperate. Think of the gift you once had in your hands, the message you heard with your ears. Grasp it again and turn back to God. If you pull the covers back over your head and sleep on, oblivious to God, I'll return when you least expect it. Break into your life like a thief in the night. You still have a few followers of Jesus in Sardis, who haven't ruined themselves wallowing in the muck of the world's ways. They'll walk with me on a parade. They've proved their worth. Conquerors will march in the victory parade, their names indelible in the book of life. I'll lead them and present them by name to my father and his angels. Are your ears awake? Listen. Listen to the wind words, the spirit blowing through the churches. That's Revelation 3, 1 through 6, the message version. So the people in this passage have a reputation of vigor and zest. That means they are known for having energy, liveliness, and a spirit of animation. They look and act healthy and strong. Yet their reputation doesn't fool God because he calls them dead, stone dead. He knows the truth of what is hiding in their hearts, regardless of the vigor and zest that seem to be there. Did you know that it's entirely possible to be completely alive in the physical sense that you laugh, you have fun from time to time, you talk and move and do everything that equates to life, yet feel dead on the inside? This is a real thing. It's an epidemic, really. There are people all around you, maybe you're even one of them, who have experienced this feeling and lived this sad reality. Several years ago, in fact, by the time I'm reading this to you, a decade ago, I found myself wondering, is this all there is to life? I kept busy every day with a job that I liked most days, and even every now and then I loved it. 
As the event planner at a hotel, I was up to my eyeballs being busy with endless networking events and fun weddings. I was also involved with music ministry and was the women's event coordinator at our church. There's no doubt I was busy all the time and still having a lifestyle of taking care of myself with cystic fibrosis. But I had this nagging sense that there was something I was missing, something that I was born to do and wasn't doing. I was bored and yet constantly trying to measure up at the same time. I felt as though nothing of God's work had been completed, just like this verse in Revelation describes. There was this deep feeling inside of me that kept nudging at me, making me feel as though I had missed the plans God had for me because I was just too busy. Yes, I read my Bible, sometimes, usually every Sunday at church, and then it sat on my nightstand collecting dust the rest of the week. At least I knew where it was. I listened to mostly Christian music, so I reasoned that at least I was getting truth on a daily basis in that way. Still, with all of these Christian habits, I felt dead inside. There was no excitement in my relationship with God because I didn't leave any room for it. Don't get me wrong. I wasn't depressed. Yet. I laughed a lot and I smiled constantly. I was healthy and energetic for the most part. I had family and friends around me often. I just wasn't fully living. I was stuck in a Groundhog's Day type of life where nothing exciting happened, nothing out of the ordinary. I wasn't challenged. It was just get up and go to work on Monday, repeat four more times, spend the weekend watching television and going to church on Sunday and napping, and then repeat and do it all over again. I was alive in my body, going through the motions. A smile here, a giggle there, but I was definitely dead in my spirit. All of the adventure and bravery had been sucked out of my life, and instead, it happened only through that big box sitting on our entertainment center. And the idea of being an overcomer only existed in the movies. Maybe you can relate. I love how earlier in these verses it says, Your condition is desperate. Yep, pretty much. I was desperate for a life that was exciting. I was desperate for a life that was filled with God's miracles every single day. I was desperate to know my purpose in life. I was desperate for more and yearning to find the courage to be 100% authentic so I could live the life I was designed for. The calling that was just waiting to burst forth from the depths of my soul. One Friday afternoon, I found myself sitting with the hotel sales team at a leadership seminar. My boss had made sure that everyone who wanted to go could be there, and as the event planner, I figured it would be a great networking experience. Little did I know that the entire day would be a divine encounter to get me started on the courageous path of finding my purpose. There were several amazing speakers lined up for the day. However, the one who caught my attention and connected with my soul the most was John Maxwell. 
He spoke about many topics that day, such as the fact that talent alone won't cut it. You must be willing to get the skills and attitudes necessary to use with the talent. That was a novel idea to me, and it totally rocked my world. He also spoke about our purpose and calling. The entire time, my pen scrambled to keep up with my thoughts as I caught the wisdom that spewed forth from his mouth. With every stroke of my pen, a spark lit in the depths of my soul. By the end of the day, the embers that had cooled in my heart over the years were totally rekindled, and a red-hot burning fire rose up inside of me. That day, sitting with my coworkers in a leadership seminar, I felt God knocking on the doorway of my heart to step out in faith and trust Him with the unknown. The desire was so strong that I took the risk. I started climbing the foggy staircase of personal growth and walking by faith without seeing the next step. I bought my first personal growth books that day and began actually reading them instead of letting them collect dust on my shelf. I started journaling more and listening to leadership podcasts. I began to open up my heart to long-buried dreams again, and I pressed on, grasping the message God had given me, and I decided to never look back. Because that's what overcomers do. When we recognize the path that leads to our calling, we reach out and grab it with everything we've got. Finding my purpose didn't happen overnight. It took many nights, months, and to be 100% honest, it took years. In fact, it's taken nearly a decade, and I know I've got more to go. It has been an in-depth journey of digging deep into the hidden, buried areas of my heart. But it started with some tough questions that I had to answer. Questions like, if I could wake up tomorrow and not worry about any responsibilities or money, what would I do with my life? What did I dream about doing when I was a kid? What are the things people are always telling me that I am good at, and how do those qualities fit with my dreams? What do I want my life legacy to be? Where do I want to travel? What experiences do I want to have? How do I really want to be spending my free time? What would I say and do if I wasn't afraid of what people would think of me? What are the things that are really important to me? And what am I willing to give up so I can live my life authentically? These were the tough questions that filled up pages upon pages of my journals. At first, the answers to these questions were pretty superficial. Which makes a lot of sense because when we begin the journey of awakening those dreams that we've spent years hiding from, we've got to tiptoe around a bit, simply because our mental and emotional muscles won't be strong enough to handle the enormity of it all. As I kept digging, the answers became easier to find. The dreams that had been buried began to resurface again, and a renewed passion was lit within my soul. I even discovered that some of those buried dreams had grown and were now bigger than they had ever been. 
if you and I were having coffee together right now, side by side, I'd probably look at you after sharing this story and with a glimmer in my eye and tenderness in my voice, I'd ask you some very important questions. Since we aren't face-to-face, let's take the next few moments to pretend that this podcast is basically a personal letter from me to you, okay? Here are a few questions that I would like to ask you. When is the last time you allowed yourself to dream? When is the last time you wrote down some goals for what your year would look like? When is the last time you felt the pure joy of having accomplished something that you set out to do? If you don't know, then it would be wise to take some time and begin finding your purpose. Rewind this episode and answer the questions that I had answered for myself. Answer them with vulnerability and no judgment toward yourself. Shut the door on the excuses and just allow yourself to dream again. It matters. It matters to God and it matters to the people around you whether you realize it or not. You are wanted, my friend. You, the real you, will the real you please stand up? Your life has a purpose, and you must find it and live it out with everything you've got. There is something you were designed for that won't get accomplished unless you rise up and do it. Something that matters to God and His kingdom and this entire world. It's that important. Okay, I know. This whole experience can sometimes be a bit daunting, especially if you've never gone down this path before. So take a deep breath, my friend. You're not alone. I want to share with you two of my favorite resources to get you started along the way. The first one is a book by Craig Greshel, and it is called, wait for it, Kazone. Yep, Kazone. How do you spell that? Let me tell you. It is C-H-A-Z-O-W-N, Kazone. It's a book that takes you on a journey of finding your purpose. It's a great resource, and I highly suggest it to all of my coaching clients, especially if you're struggling with this topic. Another resource that I highly recommend is The Gems Study by Danny Johnson. It's a home study course that takes you through personalities. It teaches you how to live authentically and communicate better with different personality types. It's an amazing resource for living authentically. My professional recommendation is for you to start with the book Kazone and then move on to the DVD study by Danny Johnson after that. Give yourself permission to go as fast or as slow as you need to with these resources. Just be consistent. God has some important words of life to share with you as you discover your purpose. Don't be so focused on getting through it all that you miss the rich wisdom He is waiting to share with you. A funny thing happens when you begin to find your purpose. It suddenly becomes impossible to do nothing. I don't mean it becomes impossible to rest. No, everything we discussed 
a couple episodes ago about the art of the pause still applies. However, it does become impossible to stay in that stagnant, desperate condition that you found yourself in prior to discovering your purpose. Suddenly, your eyes are open to the truth. You are wanted. You have a divine calling on your life, and it's time to wake up, get up on your feet, and live it. Once you have been awakened to that truth, it's hard to ignore it. Yet, I feel it's my moral obligation to be real with you here. There will be days when you feel unqualified. It's part of the journey. There will be moments where you begin to compare yourself to others. That's a trap designed to slow you down and eventually stop you. However, it can also be a very good compass, confirming the fact that you're on the right path. Whenever comparison rears its ugly head, take it as a sign that what you're about to do or what you are doing matters more than you realize. In spiritual terms, it's a war. The enemy uses comparison to bind you up and make you feel unworthy of the calling that God has placed on your life. And when you begin to find your purpose, let me tell you, the enemy gets mad. Some people call it resistance. So if we don't have the same faith, the resistance gets mad. You see, when you're far away from your purpose, totally distracted with busy work and the things that don't matter, the enemy doesn't have to work very hard at all. He already knows that you're spiritually asleep, if not dead. That resistance doesn't even bother you when you're far away from your purpose. But when you wake up from your slumber, watch out. Suddenly, the enemy is on high alert because you've escaped, and that resistance gets super hard. So he works on overtime to try and capture you again. And a lot of times he does this with comparison. So don't be fooled. Instead, get up on your feet and keep going. Don't wallow or waste time comparing yourself to others. You don't know the assignment or the calling or the purpose that has been placed on their lives. You know your purpose, your calling, your unique assignment. Stay focused on that. When you wake up from your spiritual slumber that kept you spiritually dead inside, remember the words of Revelation 3, one through six, and hold on to them. Up on your feet. Take a deep breath. Think of the gift you once had in your hands, the message you heard with your ears. Grasp it again and turn back to God. Remember those words. And never forget that you are an overcomer. If you weren't, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast or reading this book. When comparison attacks, remember who you are. Remember whose you are. Remember your purpose. Remember that you are wanted, spiritually alive, and that you now have the courage to live authentically. So get up on your feet and do it. On a personal note, I must confess that there are moments where I'm still peeling back the deeper layers of my own authenticity. It's a journey. And when we've lived the majority of our lives trying to hide from who we are, it takes a bit longer to uncover it all. I've learned to give myself grace as some of the characteristics of who I am still need time to develop. And that's okay. 
It's part of God's brilliant plan for my life, and I've learned to trust His process. However, I've also learned to give myself permission just to be real. That's what we've got to do when we go down this path. Release ourselves from all expectations of perfectionism. Just be real. So I got a tattoo. I already know it won't be my last. I'm not sure how that sits with you, but I'm just being totally vulnerable and authentic with you, so I see no need to hide it. Here's the thing. I used to think that tattoos were something I should never get. I made up a ton of excuses, and to be honest, I was really judgmental toward anyone who had one. And I see now that this attitude was really just a means of self-protection because deep down inside, expressing myself with words of life on a tattoo is an authentic thing for me. It's as authentic as the purple bangs I loved as a kid. I just didn't know it back then. So I judged. Until one day, I didn't. The more I became okay with being authentic, the more I found myself trying to understand other people, too. That happens along the way as well. You become totally in love with who God made you to be, and suddenly you want to understand others without judgment. It's a beautiful process. So I started asking people with tattoos what made them get them in the first place. What did the artwork or the words mean to them? I found out that almost everyone had a significant meaning behind their tattoos. Some of them had significant dates or the names of loved ones imprinted on them. Others had symbols. Yes, there were some who had decided to get tattoos without thinking and they had absolutely no meaning. Maybe they even regretted them. But for the most part, it was a deeply meaningful way of expressing something that mattered to them. After going through our apartment fire, and the health challenges that I'll be sharing in an upcoming chapter, I decided it was time to be real with myself and no longer hide my authenticity. And that's why I got a tattoo. It's on the inside of my right foot, and it simply says, Walk by Faith. It also has two little footprints after the words. Not very many people ask. They probably assume that the footprints are part of the walking by faith. But in reality, they're in memory of a baby that we miscarried during that really dark season of my life. Other people might think that it's a horrible thing to do to a person's body, to ink it up. I, however, think that my tattoo is a beautiful reminder of the faith that was developed during, during a really treacherous season of deep pain and uncertainty. My best friends and I have plans to get matching tattoos someday that say, Be brave. I love words of life, and so I'm pretty sure that any other tattoos I get will always have words that mean a lot to me on them. However, as my authenticity grows, I'm giving myself permission to change my mind, and this confession is in no way a binding legal contract. We've been focusing in this episode and in this chapter on the truth that you are wanted by God and that it will require all of your courage to rise up and live authentically. You can do it because, remember, you were born to overcome. And those who are known as overcomers grab hold of their purpose in life and never let go. Busy work doesn't distract them. They stay focused on God's work. 
They say goodbye to that stone dead mundane life. They take a deep breath and jump into the unknown. Overcomers walk by faith because they trust the one who has called them. They rise up when others choose to sleep. They stand for truth when others wallow in the muck of confusion. Truth of who they are, who others are, and most of all, God's truth. They march on in victory because they never give up, never give in. It's no accident that you're here listening to these words. You are wanted, spiritually dead or alive. The courage to be authentic is already in you, just waiting to be activated. If it weren't, these words would not be tugging at your heart right now. As you walk forward, courageously authentic, I urge you to never lose sight of the truth that God loves you. He brought you to this podcast just as you are because He wants nothing more than to help you walk in the authority of the overcomer you were born to be, the overcomer that you are. If you're spiritually alive, he wants you to thrive and keep doing his work, to go deeper even. And if you're spiritually dead, he wants to revive you so that you can fully experience life as he designed it for you before it's too late. Because one day, it will be too late. You were born to be an overcomer, a conqueror, victorious with your name written in the book of life, your name presented and acknowledged before God and his angels. That's your purpose. The question is, will you rise up on your feet and grasp it? Or will you pull the covers back over your head and sleep on? I believe there's life in you yet, overcomer. So rise up. Hey, before we end today's episode, I just want to encourage you to come and join me on a six-week experience. I think it would be so cool if we could hang out together no matter where you're from in the world, and we could learn how to apply the skills that I've been sharing with you in this podcast. The She Who Overcomes coaching experience is happening this summer, and you can get all of the details on what it looks like, what it'll be, when it's happening on our website at bigbluecouchcoaching.com forward slash SWO. Again, that's bigbluecouchcoaching.com forward slash SWO. We will be back with another episode for you next week. For now, if you would take a moment and write a review or subscribe to the podcast, that means the world to those of us who work so hard to produce every single episode. For more information, go to bigbluecouchcoaching.com or find me on Facebook and Instagram under Big Blue Couch Coaching. A shout out to my hubby, Mr. Nate Anderson, for editing this podcast. And most importantly, I hope that you found something today that gave you the courage to rise up and overcome that thing that you've been facing. You're stronger than you think. I'll see you next week.